0: From Irmo to Istanbul, from Taipei to Tunisia, we tell the stories of the people who make the world of international disputes turn. We give glimpses into their lives and give insights from their experience. These accounts come from every sector and every industry from around the globe. Simply put, and without further ado, I am Chris Campbell, and you're listening to Tales of the Tribunal, where practice meets personality. Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law, business, and dispute resolution. Listeners, can you hear that? Can you feel that in the air? It's Christmas! It's the holiday season and it is one of my favorite times of the year as we approach the end of the year and, well, the end of the season of Tales of the Tribunal. This week, we have a very special episode to bring you, another one of our episodes from Hong Kong. Just three episodes left in this season, and I think you're going to enjoy each and every one of them. One of the things that you know that we like to do here on the show is share stories and tales of other uh, projects, other initiatives here in the field, whether it's the arbitration station, digital coffee break in arbitration, careers in arbitration, our balance, any of those types of things, we like to let people know about the other things going on. We've seen a rise in recent shows that have come up to um, talk about legal topics and legal interest, and that continues right along. This week, in fact, we have a very special guest who has her own podcast about law and talking with people around the field about their experiences, about their uh, work that they do in the field. And I'm speaking of the Legal Genie Podcast with Laura Wee. Laura and I came across each other in Hong Kong. We kept seeing each other at a bunch of different events. And so she said she made some time for us to step into the digital studio. And we recorded a really fun episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to come up here in just a moment. But before we get to that episode, as always, if you are enjoying the show, if you think this is a worthwhile endeavor, I hope that you will consider leaving a review on your podcasting platform of choice, leaving a comment, or dare I say, sharing the show with a friend or colleague it really helps people find the show and thank you if you would share that so without further ado let's jump into this week's episode with laura Hui of the legal genie podcast and we'll be back on the other side of the show Hello and welcome back to Tales of the Tribunal with Chris Campbell. I'm your host, Chris Campbell, here to tell you another tale, another story from around the wide, wide world of international law, business, and dispute resolution. Listeners, you have now heard a series of episodes that have continued both live while I've been in Hong Kong, I've returned from Hong Kong, but we're still digitally in Hong Kong, but talking with some great personalities and people that we have met um, through my time there. And with me today, I have a very special guest. Um, a new friend in the field and friend of the show, Miss Laura Wee. Laura, hey, welcome in.
1: (gasps) Thanks so much, Chris. It's great to see you.
0: (laughs) It's good to see you as well. And look, um, we we will have talked about this a little bit in our opening notes, but um, you and I have a cool overlap because you're like a podcaster too in the legal field. Right. I mean, when, when I heard that you
1: also had a podcast, I mean, we just connected immediately and got super excited uh, and got all geeky, didn't we?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what kind of microphone do you use? Oh, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's very cool, Laura. Um, and so uh, we're definitely going to get into the podcast in just a little bit. Um, um, maybe we should start uh, at the beginning. Um, a very simple question that we like to ask everyone stops by the Digital Studio. Who are you? Where are you from? What do the people need to know?
1: Well, my name is Lara Kui, born in the UK, raised in the south of Spain, and I have lived in Belgium, Germany, Hong Kong, and now in Singapore, so I have a very international life. I started out as a corporate lawyer doing antitrust, trade law, regulatory, and mostly mergers and cartel defense, mm. so... Pretty uh, long hours, <laughs> high pressure stuff um, in big law. So, um, trained at Denton and I was a DLA Piper as well. So, um, but I think, you know, as, as someone who wanted very desperately to be a mother, um, I was keen to, to start my family and uh, I did leave the law. Then I went into entrepreneurship and various other things. And then I fell into business development. So it was my way of coming back into the law, but without the timesheet. Mm. So I um, worked for various uh, different global firms in business development. And I am currently with 20 Essex Chambers, uh, the, the Chambers based in core, but part of our main mothership, which is in London
0: very cool that was very um very podcaster of you very nightly nicely sort of uh, concise and uh, and well summarized um let, let's uh let's pull a thread uh from one of the things that you mentioned there uh, or, or just ask a maybe a simple starting question uh so you were a lawyer uh did you know you always wanted to be a lawyer did you always have like this dream of going to law school and practicing
1: yeah it started very very early i think i was probably about 12. Hmm. i had already done my first internship by 14. so I went straight in magic circle I was I spent two weeks at link Um my mother was an investment banker mm. and she had some you know uh, some uh, lawyers that she used for various cases and happened to suggest that maybe they might want to look after her daughter this is a very very long time ago in the casual days um, but yeah having spent some time there I you've got a know got the legal bug I knew that I couldn't be a banker um, and uh, but then yeah I, I did various other internships as well and I knew that I wanted to do international law so I did uh, French and German and linguistics at university hmm. because in the UK you can do um, a conversion course so you can do
0: two years at law school to become a lawyer and then I did a two-year training contract hmm. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, and so that, it sounds like that went very seamlessly. And if you kind of knew you want to go to law school, um, it sounds like you had a, a leaning for international law and that, so those things sort of followed A to B to C. Yeah, I,
1: I feel very lucky that, I mean, it was a very long uh, journey, but I, I felt lucky that I knew exactly what I wanted to do because, um, my eldest daughter is actually 18, and you know, thinking about what the future looks like, what to do at university, and then what to do afterwards, I realized how lucky I was that I was just on, you know, I set that goal, and I was like, right, you know, I first of all, I need to get my degree, and then I need to go to law school, and now you need to get a training contract, and then, but once you are qualified, that's when you stand there, you know, sort of early 20s, and go, oh my God, I'm here now what do I do next?
0: You know, is this it? Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, And look, you and I, I, that's another commonality. I was pretty certain early on. I knew I wanted to go to maybe business school first, but eventually that would lead to a legal career and importantly, something, something in international business and law. Um, And that sort of borne out to, uh, to be an interesting career. Um, And, you know, exactly to your point of like, you know, sometimes you'll have a a younger um, associate or like someone will come to you and say, Oh, well, how'd you figure out what you wanted to do? Um, Or like, I'm having a hard time thinking through it. And you're like, I don't know.
1: I've always kind of known. <laughs> exactly. it, is, it is a gift. But I think it is one of those professions, isn't it, where a lot of people are told quite early on, oh, you're good with words, uh, you know, you're an argumentative type or whatever, mm. and they say, you have thought of being a lawyer. Um, so I, I definitely was... Um, at the time when everybody just said, well, lawyer, banker, accountant, or engineer, you know, <laughs> one of four, uh, and I definitely wasn't going to be any of the others, so it was, yeah, kind of by default, I was going to have to be a
0: lawyer. Yeah, 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 and well, like, in theory, um, because, uh, well, not exactly a huge person, but, like, you know, it's a tall person, you know, I, I also am not great at basketball, so, you know, there wasn't, like, a, a long athletic career or anything, it was like, oh, you better go to law school or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Well, look, um, so you're now at 20 Essex um, now, and you've done some entrepreneurship stuff um, that maybe was probably a bridge to those two things. How have you found um, business development in the more commercial side of things, um, I guess distinct or different from what you were doing in the practice of law?
1: Well, when I was in the practice of law, I did really notice that client service was the main way that as a junior lawyer, Uh, I was able to build those relationships and make sure that those clients felt well looked after, that they would come to me direct for lots of questions um, and that, you know, going forward, I felt like I could grow my own book. It was quite early days. However, that was the bit I enjoyed most, those client relationships and delivering a good service. So I would say that, you know, that part of... um, Business development has, has always remained true for me in terms of trying to build those relationships, give a great service, be someone that becomes a trusted advisor, um, always just trying to think of helpful ways um, to be, you know, so that I can help anyone with anything, not just with legal, but just to be that person, that first point of contact. Because um, I worked really hard on growing a really good network. So, although you know, I myself or even someone perhaps in my chambers might not be the person for something I would always know someone who at least knew someone so um you know I pride myself on being that connector mm. so um that's definitely probably what has carried me forwards throughout all of my business development uh, professional
0: career well I mean it sounds like it's a very useful skill um and it sounds like you've been able to sort of Um, cobble that together with a career that's um, expanded continents, um, both in the UK and then in Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, I wonder, uh, you know, having bounced through those three um, major cities, uh, you know, how do you find now being in Singapore compared to maybe some of your earlier stops in your career?
1: Singapore is an exceedingly vibrant place. Um, It has a wonderful, tight-knit community. Hmm. Lawyers are very collegial. Um, You bump into people all the time and everyone is so, you know, charming and and happy um, to, to, you know, hang out. Um, So I was, I mean, honestly, you could kind of basically go out every single night of the week if you wanted to. I do have to uh, restrict myself sometimes. Um, But people are very outgoing and, and very, um, sociable, so it is ideal for meeting people, making sure that you can catch up, go for coffees, go for lunch, um, meet them at events. There's so many events, particularly in the international arbitration space. Singapore has been very deliberate and the, go- the government in particular has designed the legal space so that it is the best place in the world in terms of the transparency and the neutrality. So I think that the Singapore International Arbitration Centre and the ICC, you know, they're both based here um, and have a fantastic um, number of cases coming through. But it's just so international. I think that what we love about being based here is that it is an open market. So we have all sorts of international arbitration practitioners, both know solicitor lawyers and barristers as well who come in here to co-counsel on cases um at 20 Essex we have 20 full-time arbitrators Mm. they're kept very very busy flying into Singapore you know um, arbitrating all these various cases whether sitting as chair or as a sole arbitrator or on a panel and then with our barristers we have you know so many barristers that are um involved in different areas of um, all of these uh, industries and practice areas that are key to the um, to all of the disputes that are happening these days, you know, in, um, in energy, in uh, shipping, in just so many areas, especially relating to contracts. You know, Singapore is just the hub, like literally a hub for disputes. It's fantastic to be here.
0: It sounds like it. it, sounds like it, you know, I've, um, I've only been able to pass through Singapore a, a couple of times, usually for events for a few days at a time, but um, I've always got this very sort of cool and active uh, place to be, so um, I'm never disappointed after stopping through Singapore.
1: <laughs> you definitely have to come back again, it sounds
0: like. <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, well, look, um, so the, thank you for sharing that about your background, Um I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't talk, you know, we don't want to bury the lead too much here, podcaster to podcaster. Tell us about legal genie and um, how that started and what you do over there. And um, uh, I want to let my audience know about it.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, this is um, I, so the real truth behind the legal genie podcast is that I really wanted to be a better public speaker. Mm. And it occurred to me that the only way you can get good is through practice. And so I thought, well, what would be a really good way <clears throat> to practice speaking to people and, and also to hone my listening and questioning skills. And just podcasting seemed the thing to do. And so I thought, well, what else is missing, though, in the, in the Singapore legal space? And I felt like many young uh, Singaporean lawyers often were telling me that they didn't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that whenever I was meeting all of these um, international lawyers, they all had great career stories. And so I thought, well, why don't I do a mentoring podcast mm. where I interview people on an individual t- or basis and take them through their career and to also always ask them, what are the things you wish you'd known? What, are the, what advice have you got for young people? You know, and, and so that people can accelerate their career by hearing about different ups and downs and ins and outs of the careers of all these people that they hold in such high esteem but who many actually of whom haven't had an absolutely textbook or stri- or, or straightforward path. Um, it's been very eye-opening that some people have had, you know, someone like failed their A-levels or they failed bar school or they failed to get a training contract and all the things that you think only happen um you know, just to individuals that you know, It this is also happening to these really big luminaries. Um, and so I really wanted young people to hear all of these tales, more learn new things, um, and it's just been a fantastic experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. I and mean, that, that's really... Um, again, another uh, sort of point of overlap, and it's really cool to hear is that that's a large part of what we do in our show. And um, something I'll ask you about before we get out of here is, you know, tips and thoughts for folks, you know, trying to break into, uh, into, a, into the field. And um, But, you know, that, you know, the mentoring aspect, I'm wanting to sort of have these more candid conversations and, um, well, you know, yes, even the ability to sort of um, practice speaking <laughs> on the fly. Uh, podcasting is a great uh, path to do that. So that, that's really cool, Laura. Um, And then, you know, also, you know, for those um, that might take a quick look through the roster of guests that you've had thus far. Um, I mean, it looks like you've had everything from uh, your colleague at uh, 20 Essex, Anthony Carroll, all the way over to um, Gary Miles and even um, a friend of our show as well who's appeared um, twice. It's Claudia Solomon. So, I mean, you've had a great roster. I mean, I wonder if any of the conversations that you've had so far um, kind of stick out or memorable moments from the show so far. Well, I think the beauty of, of the show
1: is the fact that human beings love stories. Mm. And, you know, it really is everybody's personal story of, of their path into law and and how their career has progressed. Um, and I think all of us, um, you know, as lawyers, we, we geek out when it comes to hearing about other people's legal journey and uh, the firms that they were at and, and the challenges and the ups and downs. Because, you know, it is a tough career. Um, but also it's a very interesting career, you can do so much within it um, and that was also a key factor in in having the podcast because I, I made it wider, I didn't want it to just be lawyers, I did want it to be the full legal ecosystem so you, you'll see that amongst my guests are also people in you know, business development or in legal tech etc. So I want it to be an inclusive environment with all sorts of people so young and old and you know, people at different types of firms, people in-house, um, people doing all sorts. So it's been a really fun journey. I think that um, what I like most is that feeling where I think a lot of my guests actually forget they're on a podcast. So I've had um, one guest cry. Mm. They, they cried quite openly on my podcast. And oh. I felt that was a moment for me. That was that was very special because they were so comfortable, um, and they were really reminiscing about you know their life story and, and getting quite emotional about it. Mm. Um, so I found that very touching. Um, that even though this is a, a a public conversation, that they actually felt um, that they could you know be very authentic and, and really get into the emotion of their story.
0: You know, I, I think that's great, um, and I think you know from everything from telling stories to allow people to have the space and the ability to have those sort of authentic uh, conversations. I think that's got to be powerful. And I am mean, gonna look forward to sort of diving in myself. You know, i just found out about the show last week. So I'm going to be sort of uh, leafing through uh, the episode. So that, that's really interesting. I can't wait to uh, to, to hear that. I'm, I might tear up. You know, here's somebody else cry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this
1: is it. I know. I know. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you secretly later which episode that
0: one oh, okay okay <laughs> okay um well that's great um so that that's sort of the the ethos and the origin story uh, behind the show um what, do, what are y'all doing now i mean what's coming up what should folks be looking forward to yeah
1: um so i <laughs> uh so i do everything myself for the show um, wow. so i do the recording the editing everything myself so that is why there has been a little bit of a pause Mm. so people do need to be patient with my show but I have already recorded three more episodes that haven't been released yet so episodes 41, 42, 43 Um, so there is a lot to look forward to there are going to be some very interesting and yeah quite big names coming Um, and I am yeah super excited about um, releasing those but you know I'm just So conscious of the fact that I really want young people to discover the show because, um, you know, this is so powerful. When I think back to, you know, my days as a law school student or as a trainee and and when times were tough um, and even, you know, at the stage where actually I felt like I had come to the end of my legal career in terms of just not really thinking about possibilities. I had only been told that big law was it. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't occur to me that I could go in-house. It didn't occur to me I could join a small boutique firm or that I could change different practice area that didn't have the 3 a.m. constant churn that, you know, I just found so difficult. Um, And so I think that this kind of podcast... Where you know we share so many different paths and options, it will give some people um, a, a perhaps some inspiration into thinking. Actually, you know, this person has got an incredible in-house career. Um, let me reach out to them, and you know, see if they want to have a conversation about how I might do that as well, or you know, just open their mind to different
0: opportunities. Yeah. Again, I I echo all that. Um, I think that those are all great points. Um, You know, I, you know, we talk about sort of stumbling into things sometimes. Uh, My predecessor actually had a podcast um, in international arbitration um, like a decade ago, (laughs) Um, and so uh, when I when I mentioned to him when I first started at Baker Hughes that, um, huh, you know, I am thinking of starting a podcast, he goes, oh, well, actually. (laughs) If you turn back the page a decade, you can see that all these episodes are recorded from the then. And it was, um, so that was nice to have that sort of guide into it, but it's exactly right. It's the same goal. I mean, same things we're trying to do.
1: Totally. And that's so impressive that, you know, 10 years ago, um, your predecessor was already thinking podcast because it's only quite recently that the technology has become user friendly enough that, you know, not particularly techie people, can still manage to record and edit and, and you know, publish a podcast on every single platform. I mean, I think that was the eye-opener for me. Because actually, um, Legal Genie is my second podcast. So oh. I do have one that I, which is, you know, we're no longer recording, but um, the Coach Potatoes podcast <laughs> was my actual um, first podcast experience experiment um, which i did with a a fellow coach andrew parker and um, that was when uh you know we were we were just experimenting with you know what would a podcast sound like and how did this work and we used an app literally we put an iphone in between the two of us (laughs) we request record our video and then we spoke into it and then we just kept that and then we just uploaded it onto anchor and anchor like the whole app it just every mm-hmm. single platform yep. and we just couldn't believe it you know honestly it was the easiest thing ever
0: yeah um I I look that resonates with me because I recall very well um five years ago when we started um literally didn't have a microphone <laughs> okay it was just recording like on the laptop um eventually getting a microphone but the microphone was a table microphone and so like a year and a half two years ago when we first started using it <laughs> there's like a couple of conferences that I'm at and it was like the size of a kettlebell. So I'm like holding it up to people at conference. So, um, how are you enjoying uh, the show? <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> you know, the more you, when you know more, you do better, know better, you do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's really cool. Um, so, um, all right. So it sounds like, you know, you've got, uh, you told us about the show. You've told us about what's um, upcoming, what to expect. Um, I guess any sort of conclusory thoughts that you would say about the show. Um, and then we'll sort of have a a brief wrap up and uh, and get out of here. But anything else you should say about the show? Yeah,
1: so um what I realized was that I shouldn't just be doing the audio version, but also the YouTube version. Mm. And so I have been recording all of the podcasts and um, putting um, well, trying to put you know most of the episodes also on on YouTube. And um, I would like to pay tribute to um, the late Adrian Tan, who was the president of the Law Society um, and a partner at TSMP, a Singapore law firm. I recorded with him, it was supposed to be a two-part episode, Um, very unfortunately we only managed to record part one, but um, I have a fantastic video of my uh, interview with him and it is on my um, Legal Genie podcast, uh, Lara Q Associates' YouTube channel, so I would really love it um, if people would go on the YouTube channel and check out Adrian Tan's episode because he's just fantastic in it and you know that will last forever and Mm -hmm. i love the fact that he's there and that's that recording is there not just the audio but also you know the um the video version so you can see him there uh, and hear his uh, fantastic stories
0: that he tells um yes so we'll make sure to to link to that in the show notes and um and it sounds like that's a very powerful and very dynamic episode so thank you uh, for mentioning that um You know, let us uh, let us ask you some final questions, and we'll get out of here. Um, I wonder um, what's on your bookshelf. What have you been reading?
1: Wow! Yeah, I well, (laughs) I'm quite famous for my uh, shelf help.
0: Shelf help, I like it. Okay, shelf help.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, and actually, Andrew Parker, who I mentioned earlier as my fellow Coach Potatoes podcast host, Um, he teases. Me all the time because I'm always buying books. So, but I'll tell you my favorite book right now is without a doubt Diary of a CEO. Diary um, of a CEO. Okay. Diary of a CEO. Um, yeah, this is Stephen Bartlett's books. Um, uh, it it his podcast did the Diary of a CEO. I'm just trying to think. Uh, let me just double check what the actual book is called because. Oh, it is. It is called The Diary of the CEO as well. Okay. So his podcast is Diary of the CEO and his um, his book is also called that. And I must say, it is mind-blowing. I find the tips in there, all of the um, the great tips he's got for being you know, the best leader, all the things he's learned along the way interviewed so many incredible people um and he's distilled all of these tips i think into 30 um rules of you know being a a great leader um and it it, it absolutely is is brilliant so please do um well i'm i'm listening to the audiobook and reading the actual book as well all right i'm so into it that i'm doing both
0: that's very cool um, No, there, there have been a couple of occasions um, with Gladwell's uh, Talking with Strangers I did that the book and the auto version because the auto version is um, you know Gladwell has that sort of cool my name is Malcolm Gladwell and um, you're listening to her you know, voice <laughs> uh, oh, I love the audio book because yeah. Stephen reads that out and yeah. it's just brilliant very cool and he's quite a genius he's only 30 years old oh wow I did not realize that I thought he was older than that really young but he is wise beyond his years and uh, he's you know his EQ is off the planet Wow okay no I'm, I'm going to add that to my list as well um, music what kind of music are you into genres favorite artists anything like that and or what are you watching on Netflix Hulu and the like Whoa
1: um, I have quite an eclectic taste in music I would say I like everything I will admit that my colleagues and I did go to a karaoke lunch in
0: hong kong okay <laughs> at the end of <laughs> hong kong arbitration and you saying what um, what did you say and i sang.
1: gosh, what did i sing i sang i sang queen oh, i really do like queen i like queen abba um uh definitely i'm an 80s and 90s kid uh so i do <laughs> very cool I do like the old stuff um but i did sing little mimics
0: i think we sang Yellow, Coldplay, play, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I'm not very. Look, we're not going to put you on <laughs> arbitral karaoke right now, but yeah, yeah, ne- no, next time we might, <laughs> we might do that.
1: And then, um, what am I watching on Netflix? I admit that I love um, Gandhi Noir, um, which are you know Scandinavian crime dramas, mm-hmm. um, mainly because uh, when I had my Swedish kitchen business, uh, I had to do a lot of the software in, mm. in Swedish. Though I do like watching Swedish crime dramas and listening to all the Swedish, but reading the you know the subtitles and thinking to myself, yeah, I, I understood that. Yeah, I understood. <laughs> oh, that's a bad translation.
0: <laughs> no, that, that that's very cool. I, um, I sometimes will do that with uh, with Mandarin with my, even though I'm not like anywhere near fluent, um, I can sometimes read translations and I'm like, that's incorrect. <laughs> Ooh, that's impressive. Wow. <laughs> um. Uh, you know, final questions here. Uh, tips or advice you would have for folks that are new into the field, maybe looking to break in um, or maybe uh, transition into international law and that sort of thing? I just think there are so
1: many incredible resources out there for young, um, aspiring uh, arbitration practitioners, There are, especially young women. Um, that, you know, there's arbitral women. There are you know, young SIAC there is very young uh, arbitration practitioners. Uh, I mean, I don't know how young you have to be. I've seen some um, children age five or so that seem to be um, um, interested already. Um, it is great to see that the scene is alive and kicking. There are podcasts, you know, you just need to Google for two minutes to find incredible resources. All of the major arbitral institutions are very encouraging. Do so many um, training courses and seminars, etc. There is no excuse these days not to access the kind of uh, training and education that you need. Um, I would definitely look at the, um, the global firms that are doing international arbitration. Um, I would along to all of these um, conferences and these arbitration weeks Um, I would go on LinkedIn and search for people reach out to them connect have conversations do one-to-ones ask them about their career and of course go on to our podcasts right yes fantastic here's tales of the tribunal and then obviously the legal genie podcast you can learn so much so um, I definitely wish everyone um, you know, good luck with their career, and do reach out to other people. Everybody is delighted to speak about their career journey and give you tips. Um, so people are super helpful. Don't don't ever be afraid to ask me for the help.
0: Let's say it's five o'clock on a Friday. You can wave your magic wand, do whatever you wanna do. How are you gonna spend your weekend?
1: Well, I, I happen to be super lucky in that I am going to Seoul this Sunday. So um, I'll be flying out. Um, to a place I've never been before. Um, I found out on my twenty-three and Me DNA that I'm six point one percent Korean. Okay. So I'm pretty excited that it's a homecoming. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm half Japanese. So uh, within my Japanese ancestry, there are some Korean ancestors. So that's very exciting. And of course, the food is going to be amazing. So I am just yeah super grateful that. 20 Essex, you know, as part of the job, I get to travel internationally. I definitely recommend to people who are interested in a career in uh, business development that they think about um, the international arbitration dispute space. You know, it's a it's a really wonderful community. Um, you don't have to
0: be a lawyer to be in it. So do consider it. Very well. Very well. Um, any shout outs, any more tips to the cap you want to give, name drops you want to do before we uh, say farewell?
1: My goodness, name drops. Well, of course, big hello to all my colleagues at uh, 20 Essex. Um, you know, the barristers there are amazing, and of course, our practice um, practice development team, they are amazing in the clerks' room. We've got a massive team there, so you can listen to Ant Carol's episode on the Legal Genie uh, podcast. It's called uh, Rockstar by Night. Yeah. <laughs> practice director by Day, Rockstar by Night. He has um, a really fantastic band he um, with it uh, and uh, you know, he's really into his music. Um, But what is interesting I think about the legal profession is that everybody is interesting. Everybody has a story. They're all great people. You know, you just should have a conversation with them and try and go deeper. So yeah, big shout out to anybody who knows me, especially all my lovely LinkedIn connections, uh, you know, you will find me on LinkedIn most days. So please reach out to connect. And uh, I look forward to hearing from people that hear me on this episode.
0: Yes, thank you so much. No, I, I agree that. those are all good name drops, echo every single one of them. Um, I'll give a, a tip of the cap to careers in arbitration, aka Mandy Lee, who, um, you know, we crossed paths with shortly thereafter. Um, Because one of the tips, I'll give an insight to some of the folks listening at home, was that what you should do is not do what I did. You should make sure you have actually have physical business cards when you go to a conference. Um, (laughs) You know, you can't, you know, uh, I ran out far too early in my my spate of several conferences I was going to. And so um, one of Laura's uh, tips in her LinkedIn post covering Hong Kong Arbitration Week was that you should do a number of things. And one of them is um, probably should have some business cards. It's probably a good idea. (laughs) Asia. Yeah. We still, we still like the business card. Yeah, that's right. That's (laughs) right. That's right. Um, okay. Well, look, Laura, um, the time has flown by. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, and, uh, we'll see you another time. Huh? Thank you so
1: much for having me on your show, Chris. It's been a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Do you want to sign us off?
1: I'm Laura Quee and there's no disputing it. You're listening to Tales of the Tribunal.
0: Thank you. And we will see y'all next time. So, listeners there we are. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of podcasting magic between two podcasters having a fun conversation about uh, legal topics about um, the, the the revolution the pulses happening in international legal practice. It's really fascinating to hear Laura's perspective to get her take on um, different things going on and we look I hope to uh, have her again back on the show um, we really frankly ran out of time would have loved to chat through a number of other things but it was as we said at the outset of the show a great opportunity to consider and talk about another initiative in the field. Some of the other initiatives that I've enjoyed recently um, over the last couple of years are ARB in brief, uh, the T of international arbitration. You know, it's, it's one of these things that uh, the more content that I think is out there, I think the better. And uh, the special side project that we have done with ArbTech, the Disputes Decoded podcast, where we're talking with people across the dispute resolution space and interviewing them about their experience um, and in particular their thoughts on specific tech-based issues in international disputes. We've talked already recently with Colin Rule and... Uh, PhD candidate Raman Ranima about um, his experience with AI, about their experience with generative AI, artificial intelligence and the impacts that it will have in international law international arbitration. We covered some of that on the Disputes Digest last week and I think there's a lot of fascinating in- issues to talk about there so hope you will tune into that on the ArbTech website, ArbTech.io and check out Disputes Decoded we have another couple of really interesting episodes coming up for you um, and yeah I mean we'd love to continue to shine on all the different episodes of Various shows that are out there and of course I would be remiss if I didn't mention another one of my favorite shows The Arbitration Happy Hour that is run by uh, Shvinya Voktel and Sneha Ashtakar from Juice Mundi um, so I, I'm sure there are other shows out there that I also enjoy we'll include some of those in the show notes but um, look I've kind of Uh, stretch this closing out a little bit longer than I would have liked to. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all of the support for the show. For those of you that haven't noticed yet, just last week we finally crossed our goal for the season bursting past the 30,000 threshold and actually rapidly approaching 31,000 downloads for the show. So we wouldn't be able to get there without you. Thank you so much for, um, for your support and for sharing the show with your friends and colleagues. Many congratulations to those that are being recognized during ranking season. And congrats to all those Vis Moody's out there that have just submitted their climate memoranda. So that's it for this week. Um, we will see you next time on the show. Tales of the Tribunal is produced by MoBeta Solutions. Show music is done by Joshua and Jaden Campbell. That's it for Tales of the Tribunal this week. Thank you so much. And don't forget, you're listening to Tales of the Tribunal, where practice meets personality. None of the views shared on today or any episode of Tales of the Tribunal is presented as legal advice nor advice of any kind. No compensation was provided to any person or party for their appearance on the show, nor do any of the statements made represent any particular organization, legal position, or viewpoint. All interviewees appear on an arm's length basis, and their appearances should not be construed as any bias or preferred affiliation with the host or host's employer. All rights reserved.